This is the first year in almost 20 years I've not been able to take pilgrims to Rome because of COVID, of course. But one of the things I love to do when I take pilgrims there is to teach them how to read a church, how to read a church. You see, you don't just walk into a church. You you walk in and you encounter something, you experience something, especially these spectacular churches in Rome. And you have to know something about the the symbolism and the architecture and the colors and uh, and why it's designed this way. And, And there's so much in these churches that lifts up our hearts and our spirits to think about Jesus or Mary or Joseph or the heroes of the Bible, the great saints, whatever is true and good and beautiful. You know, for example, if if you go to a church like San Prisetis in Rome, it's a small little church, not as well known, but in this church behind the main altar, there's a spectacular uh, mosaic, and it's a depiction from Revelation chapter four and five, an image of the heavenly liturgy, and as image of Jesus on a throne with the lamb, he's the lamb, and he's worshiped by the four living creatures, and there's a 24 elders symbolizing the 12 tribes of Israel and the 12 apostles, and they're all worshiping the Lamb, Jesus Christ in heaven. What an amazing image to have before your mind, to be thinking about that's what we're destined for, the heavenly liturgy. And not just for heaven, but right there, imagine going to this church and you go to mass. And if you get a little distracted at mass and you look at that, that helps you focus, <laughs> helps you remember this is what the Mass is all about, that we're participating in the heavenly liturgy, the worship of the Lamb, Jesus Christ, on our altars right here. And that's just one example of what you find in Catholic culture. You see, Catholic culture, whether it's in churches or in the town square or just in your neighborhood, in the conversations you have and the songs you sing, it was all meant to lift our minds to think about the spiritual realities, heavenly realities, what matters most in life, whatever is true and good and beautiful. That's what a Catholic culture does, presenting images before us that help us to fill our imagination with, with, with the, the truest of realities, the realities about God. Today, we don't live in a Catholic culture, do we? We live in what we call a secular culture, but a secular culture isn't just neutral. The, the secular culture fills the void. It fills us with other images, images that compete for our attention, images that lead us not necessarily to God, but to their version of reality and what makes us happy and what matters most in life. And, and many times, the culture's view and the images that we receive in the shows we watch, in the music our children listen to, in, in the, 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 what, what comes across, across their, their screens, their iPhones, uh, all of these images and, and words and songs, are they really supporting faith? Many, time, many times, they're, they're presenting a vision of life, of love, of beauty, of marriage, of success, that's very different from what Jesus says love is or what marriage is or what sex is all about or what, 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 is, what brings us real, true, lasting happiness in life. You see, these images aren't just neutral. They're oftentimes, what we take in in the media and what we allow our children to take in from the media can actually harm, hinder, make faith life more difficult. Uh, and, and we want to be careful with that. We want to be careful what we take in because especially this younger generation, they're spending 40, 50, 60 hours a week with various forms of, of media, social media. Uh, and if we're not careful, we'll end up with what St. John Paul II called a deformed outlook on life a deformed outlook on life. JP2 talked about how important the modern media is, and there's a lot of good that can come from it. But oftentimes, modern media presents false images, images that undermine gospel values. And if we're not careful, what we take in in the media and what we let our kids take in 
will end up with a deformed outlook on life. And that's what we're going to take a look at in this week's podcast. And I'm your host, Edward Sri. Welcome to All Things Catholic. I have to tell you all, I, I am so excited. I want to thank the number of listeners I've been able to connect with over um, uh, over these online Bible studies we've been doing together. It's great when I have the podcast, you all get to listen to me, but I don't get to see you. I don't get to hear from you. I don't get uh, that interaction. But uh, I think, you know, a couple weeks ago, I mentioned that uh, I've been doing these virtual uh, online talks where we can connect for an hour. And I've been doing this with various Bible studies and men's groups and parish catechetical uh, sessions where uh, I I just want to give a shout out to some of you, like Matthew and Sydney, Ann in California, Ernest in Toronto, and Stephanie in Kansas. And I've been pleasantly surprised at at how much I feel like I'm really connecting with people. I, I, I thought, well, it's going to be over the internet and it's something and I can help them and, you know, and that'll be great. But, you know, when I do a live event, I was telling my wife this, that it, it's great. I speak in front of like 800 people and afterwards people come up and there's a long line. They want me to sign their book and I get to shake their hand. And we have like a 30, 60 second exchange. If they have a question, maybe it's three to five minutes, but I don't get to know people that much. But I've been just delighted getting to know some people and some of the conversations we're having and people opening up like, uh, you know, just this last week I did a group, a Bible study. I'm doing a three-week Bible study for Chris and his Bible study in Oxford, Mississippi. And and it was just fun getting to know them a little bit. And at the end of the meeting, they're like, hey, Dr. Shree, can you pray for Molly? And I said, sure, what can I pray for? She says, well, she's having her baby tomorrow. I said, oh, it's a planned one. So, you know, there's when are you being induced? And she says, 4 a.m. I go, what? It's 10 o'clock at night, your time, and you're getting up at 4 a.m. to have a baby. You, you shouldn't be in Bible study. You need to go to bed. But it was really fun. I, so yeah, I prayed for Molly and my family. We did our family rosary that night. We prayed for her and the baby and the safe delivery. And the next day, the group sent me a picture of the new baby. And it was just a lot of fun just to kind of be a part of, of people's lives. And I, I wasn't, I guess I didn't realize that even though it is over online, the ability to connect this way has been been such a joy. Uh, my wife and I got to do a, a married couples group. Uh, Mike in Texas has, uh, and thanks, Mike, by the way, for inviting us to do that. And that's been a lot of fun for Beth and I to do these uh, marriage couples groups together and really hear uh, about the struggles we all face in marriage. And there were some couples that have more kids than we do and older kids. And we, we I, I felt like I was learning too. It was a really fun exchange. And so anyway, this has been a great blessing. You can pray for all this. If you're interested, whether for your parish, if you're in parish ministry or or you just have a, a small group on your own, uh, you can learn more at edwardsri.com. That's edwardsri.com. And I'm looking forward to the groups this week. In, I'm going international here. This week is Mumbai and Singapore. And uh, down the road, we're doing um, some marriage prep sessions for a group in the Philippines. So actually leading people through some sessions for marriage preparation for a parish there. So let's go back to the topic at hand, though. We're talking about this battle that goes on uh, for our minds at the modern world through modern media uh, is oftentimes presenting different images about life and reality and truth and happiness. And we want to be careful. You know, sometimes people say, oh, I don't listen to the music. You know, I don't listen to the words. Or, oh, I know that show has these problems, but it doesn't affect me. I, I know that that's wrong. I sh-, you know. So we say this, but we have to realize a Catholic anthropology, a Catholic way of looking at human life, God made us in such a way that what we put in our minds matters. What we put in our minds matters. Uh, in other words, whatever idea I put in my head, whatever image comes before my mind, it, it enters into me. It becomes a part of my soul, my, my spiritual life of my intellect, and, uh, and, and it, it changes me. It changes how I view reality. 
Uh, it changes, it, it impacts how I perceive what is good and what is true. And it begins to shape my desires. It shapes what I want to pursue in life, what I perceive is good and what I want to, to, to go for. Uh, and, and I want to be careful. So, so when people think that what they read or what they watch or what they listen to doesn't affect them, that's just naive. You know, the, all these big companies around the world spend millions and millions of dollars on these Super Bowl commercials, you know, <laughs> uh, for just like, you know, 15 to 30 seconds to just put some image before your mind. Do you think they don't know what they're doing? They know all of the psychology. They know how to manipulate, to kind of stir your passions or fill your mind with something and get you to want to do something or desire something. They know this. And, and, and we want to be careful. Whatever we take in, that's how God made us. Whatever we put before our minds enters into us and begins to shape us. That's why we have to be careful what we put in and what we allow our children to take in. I'm going to give a basic example. I always use this one because I think it's easy. Everyone gets this, right? I mean, think about what the, 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 the culture, the secular culture's view of love is. As you see it on Netflix, Amazon Prime, the songs that are out there. You know, love in the modern world is about what I get out of another person, the feelings I get from them, what emotions, romantic feelings, pleasure, not feeling lonely anymore. This is what I get out of this person. And that, that's the image of love that's constantly being presented before the, our eyes and the eyes of, of, of our children. Uh, it's, it's especially, you know, very sexual, <laughs> you know? Uh, and so think about this. I, I think about how many Christian young adults I've talked to really devout Catholics, for example, people who go to daily mass who've, ins- who've admitted to me, they've said things like, I know premarital sex is wrong. I know we're supposed to live chastity, but I many times wonder, I wonder, is this true? I mean, I know it is, but I, I feel shaken sometimes because all of the beautiful love stories we watch in the media, <laughs> Hollywood, all the beautiful love stories we watch always end up with the couple in bed. And that just wears on you. If that's all you see and you keep saying that that's, that's what love is, you begin to wonder, well, maybe am I missing something with my boyfriend, with my girlfriend, if we don't do that? And these are, I'm talking, these are, these are the, this is the cream of the crop, devout daily mass attending Catholics, you know, they go to adoration, they love Jesus, but they admit because of what they take in from the culture, it, it starts to affect them. And it's not just young people. I mean, I, I've talked to married couples who've admitted certain struggles in their marriage and disillusionment, disappointment in their marriages. And it's because their, their, their marriage isn't like all the love stories that they watch on TV, the beautiful love songs that they listen to. You know, so these things, they affect us. And, and we think, oh, my marriage has to be like that. My marriage has to have a dynamic sex life like that show that, that, that someone watches. Or it has to be so romantic and swept away and emotional like all those chick flicks that we watch. How come my husband doesn't treat me that way? I've heard devout Catholic women admit that those shows that they watch, those chick flicks they watch, affect their heart and affects the way they look at their husband and they can get frustrated and disappointed that their husband isn't as spectacular as that romantic guy on that show, <laughs> you know, so these things we, we have to, we have to be aware of what we take into our minds. Would we allow our children to take in? And I want to, I want to speak to the parents here. I want to really, I want to encourage you when your children are entering, especially in the junior high and high school, I know this can be a big battle. It is worth fighting. It's worth fighting for. Uh, you really want to go after this because it, 
this will affect them. They can, they can go to youth group, they can go to catechism class or confirmation class, but man, if they're taking in dozens and dozens of hours of an alternative worldview in the media, it's just going gonna, it's, it's gonna to undermine all the good that you do. It's worth fighting. You know, one of the things I do with my kids, and I got this advice from, from, a, from a friend who once said that, you know, I asked her, because she had kids that were older, how she battles the, the media stuff. And she just has the kids like look up the movie. You know, you can go on Unplugged, or no, I'm sorry, Plugged In. It's called Plugged In. It's from, uh, I think, Focus on a Family May Run. It's a, it's a Protestant Christian group. And, you know, and they'll, they'll tell you about here's the violence, here's the language, here's the sex that you can find in this movie. And it gives a little review of it. And, but many times I'll just tell my, my teenage kids, I'll just say, hey, I don't want to battle with you about what movie you watch. You go look and then you come and tell me if you think that's a good movie that you should watch. <laughs> uh, and, and it's great. It's because now, you know, so they look it up and they'll come to me and say, hey, dad, th- this movie does have a lot of violence in it. There's a little bit of language, but there isn't anything sexual in it. What do you think? And, yeah, and like, but they're the ones, their minds are engaged. They're thinking about it. You know, and they're really like, oh, do I want that much of this in there? And, uh, but you know, it's, it's not just the battle. <laughs> it's, it's, it's engaging them to think about what is best for them. Uh, so I think that's important. I think about what St. Paul says in his letter to the Philippians, chapter four, verse eight, Philippians chapter four, verse eight, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, Whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, gracious, think about these things. Here's my challenge for you listeners here. My friends, I want you to do a little examination of conscience and ask yourself what you're watching. Is it true? Is it honorable? Is it pure? Is it lovely? What you listen to, the songs, the music you listen to, what you're, what you're looking at, is it really true, good, and beautiful? You know, here's what happens. When we take in some of these things from the secular culture, it really can begin to enter our soul in ways that are dangerous. I think about St. John Henry Newman. I love to quote him. He, he talks about how there are many Christians who can speak out about the problems in the world, you know, the secular world today, you know, but in this, just the world, you know. You know, that and he, it shows that, yeah, there's many Christians that could admit, yeah, there's all these problems in the world. You know, there's abortion, there's, you know, all this unchastity, all these problems in the world, right? But even though they may speak against the world, they love its pleasures and yield to its principles. And he goes on, and this is a very important point here. He says that, that they, they might be able to give five reasons why X is wrong, but they allow a little bit of X in their heart. And that's how the world gains advantage. The devil gains advantage in this world is not because of all those people out there promoting all these bad things. It's because Christians, Christians don't shun that evil from their own hearts. They allow a little bit of whatever it is, into their own hearts. They accept it. They welcome it. I want you to think about this in terms of the, the media you take in. Are there some things you, you watch or listen to or the time you spend on social media where it's, it's actually, you know, you're, you're bringing in a little more of, of the world that you probably shouldn't, things that you might not want to bring, you know, let your spouse see you look at or your priest see you look at? Listen to what Newman says. He talks about how the world has strength in the human heart. Why? Quote, for though we cannot keep from approving what is right in our conscience, 
we love and encourage what is wrong, so that evil was secured in its seat by the unwillingness with which our hearts relinquish it. I'm going to unpack that. There's a lot there, and we'll put in the show notes. Make sure you get the quote. But, um, you know, we know that, yeah, adultery is wrong. Yes, adultery is wrong. So I have to prove, you know, that faithfulness in marriage is good. I, my conscience can't, you know, I can never, like, say that that was, that, that adultery is a good thing. But we encourage, we love what is wrong. There's a part of our hearts that kind of likes it sometimes when we look at a certain image. We watch a certain show. So that evil is secured in its seat by the unwillingness in which our hearts relinquish it. Our hearts have to push this away. But we don't. We, we, we take a little bit in. I just like that song. <laughs> so I'm going to take it in. When that song is saying horrific things about a woman or horrific things about sexuality, and I should just shun this. You know, I think about in, in my own life, uh, many years ago, when I was in, in university, there was a band I was listening to. And it was a band that yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sad to say that I, I listened to because the lyrics that this band had in their songs were just really bad. I mean, especially degrading to women, uh, really bad <laughs> language. Uh, and I told myself, I remember I was with uh, my, my friends and I in the dorm. We got, we got tickets because the band was coming to town and we got tickets and we were going to have front row seats. And I was all excited. And I happened to mention it to some of my Christian, good Catholic friends. And there was one Catholic friend that was like, you can't watch, you can't go to that concert. They're really bad. And it kind of, it made me kind of just angry at my friend <laughs> instead of trying to, instead of my heart being converted, I just got more defensive. I don't listen to the lyrics. It's fine. The music is really awesome. I kept trying to rationalize what I was doing. But then there was another Christian friend who took a different tact. And instead of coming to me, you know, and, and saying this, he go, you know, you, you can't watch this. He said, oh, no, oh, Ted, you know, just tell me, tell me about the band. Tell me about them. Okay. And tell me about the, the, the lyrics that they have. And he, he just asked me to talk about it a little bit. And he says, you know, Ted, this is your choice. Don't, don't worry about that other guy there. He just said, you know, just, you know, ask, you know, just talk to Jesus about it. You know, just ask Jesus what you should do. And as soon as he said that, I was like, oh, crud. Because <laughs> I knew the answer. I knew if I go to the chapel and I go talk to Jesus, should I go listen to this band with really, really bad lyrics? And, and I knew I shouldn't. Uh, and it wasn't just I, I, I knew I shouldn't. I knew I also had to go to my friends and tell them I didn't want to go. And I knew I had to go to my friends and not just say, um, I'm, I'm busy Friday night now. <laughs> I had to tell them why. And that was going to be really hard to stand up for my faith like that. But I knew that's what I needed to do. And so I went to them and I think they thought I was a little weird, but they also respected me. They go, Hey, you know, that I actually gave a reason why. Um, but I think that's what we want to do. We want to ask ourselves the, the, the things we're taking in, the things we allow our children to take in, is it good for us? Is it true? Is it good? Is it, is it pure? Or is there a part of me that kind of takes in a little bit of what I shouldn't be from this, this, this secular world that is undermining what Jesus says about what is true and good and beautiful. And uh, I'm going to give another example here. Do you ever watch a show and you find yourself rooting, rooting for sin? Things that you would, you know, if anyone said to you, hey, is it okay to commit adultery? You'd say no. But you watch some show and you're watching a movie and you see this, these two characters kind of starting to have a, an attraction together and you find yourself kind of hoping, oh, I, I hope they get together. Even though the guy's married to someone else, you're kind of hoping they get together. That, that is evil. 
that is evil in our hearts <laughs> to, to root for adultery, <laughs> you know? Uh, and yet that happens when we're not careful what we take in. Uh, so let's, let's be, be more discerning, you know, realizing that what we bring into our mind, what we bring into our hearts, what we, we allow our children to take in really does affect us. It becomes a part of us. It starts to shape our desires and will eventually shape our actions and our worldview if we're not careful. Uh, all that I'm sharing with you, by the way, I, I should have mentioned this. This is from a chapter in a book I wrote. It's a book is called Into His Likeness, Be Transformed as a Disciple of Christ. And I have a whole chapter in here called The Battle for Your Mind. And it's about being a disciple in a secular world. How do I really follow Jesus in the midst of living with all the you know, these alternative worldviews all around me. Uh, and so I really go after, you know, a lot of wisdom from the saints and from recent popes on, on how we can really, uh, really be careful on, on what we take in. Um, I'll mention one other thing here. So going back to those live events I'm doing, if anyone's interested, you can reach out. If you have a small group, a men's group, a women's group, Bible study, a couple's group, or you're involved in parish ministry, you're involved in marriage prep or RCA or something, and you're looking for uh, someone to come to, I can do it virtually here this fall. You can reach out to me at edwardsri.com. That's my website, edwardsri.com. And you can go to the speaking page and I have all my information on my virtual events. You can find out more there. Thanks so much for listening, my friends. And as always, reach out to me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram as well. You're in my prayers. Please pray for me. God bless you.